You're listening to the Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. Because we believe that Jesus calls us to be pattern breakers, world pattern breakers, and to live according to the kingdom. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send them, answers, criticisms. I'll take some of those too. Uh, Happy to. Uh, At any time, there's the phone number. It should be on the bottom of each screen right here. It's also in your bulletin because this is a dialogue, not a monologue, even though most of the time it's a monologue. But we try our best. So if you've got anything to say, say it, and I'll keep doing my best to look down at it. I got some from last week I never answered. My apologies, Matt. Uh, The art of being unordinary. (laughs) Thank you. That's an unordinary forgiveness. Uh, We are talking about the art of being unordinary, and our theme verse is this. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, right, by the renewing of your minds as the rest of that. And so we're talking about being pattern breakers. What kind of patterns does the world have? And what uh, is Jesus calling us into? Make sense? Today we're going to talk about unordinary time and times of celebration. And I felt weird because I invited the whole community to our event today. And I was like, I'm going to give a weird sermon when there's new folks around. But it's my people. You guys get to, I'm so excited that you all are here for the weird sermon. And so thank you. Thanks for being here. We're going to get weird today. We're talking about time. So it's going to get esoteric. It's going to get, but we're talking about celebration. You feel good? Time and times of celebration. This is part of our unordinary living. It's part of a pattern of following Jesus. We're going to mark time differently. Because I really believe to live in unordinary lives, we have to mark time in an unordinary way. We start with the bad news so that it helps us get, uh, receive the good news a little bit better. And it is this. What gets our attention gets our affection. What gets our attention gets our affection. I've told this story before, but I thought it was helpful for here again because we're talking about times of celebration and time. I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up in the world. And so the world got my attention for a long time. Uh, One year I was a pastor and Easter came late in April and we had this old cross that we wanted to put up on the sanctuary floor. And the old cross is kept out behind the garage, and it gets all the weather and the rain, and it was my job to bring it in. And I put it on my shoulder, kind of like Jesus, right, you see in all the movies. And I drug it through the dirt, and I banged it off the walls, and it fell over at one point. I I didn't get it all the way on the stage, and it fell down, and I didn't think anything of it. A month later was Memorial Day, and we had these flags that we put up, and they were tucked away neat and nice and safe in a closet and I pulled them down and I was afraid to touch them I didn't I'm I'm looking we didn't have internet as well as we did on our phones back then and I went on a computer and I was just like am I I allowed to touch this okay I can touch it I I got tied to this pole I don't can I lay these on the ground I can't lay it on the ground I don't think I'm gonna put it on the chair is that okay I had a, a thing I had anxiety about these symbols, both of them important symbols, both of them meaning very great things, but one of them I did not care about at all. And one of them, I had a lot of anxiety in my heart about it. 
And then the next, like two weeks later, was the season of Pentecost in our church. If you don't know, that's the Christian celebration of when the church was formed. It was the birthday. And our church didn't mention it. And then we moved down to two weeks later, and it was Father's Day. We mentioned that one. And then we, it was 4th of July, and I had all the same angst again. And I said, why didn't we, I think we're having celebration issues. And I'm not saying any one of these is bad. I'm just saying I had so much more reverence for one than the other. And it really made me deep dive in my heart about how I, I celebrate things and the things I should be celebrating. Because what gets our attention gets our affection. And I didn't grow up with the cross and the meaning and significance of that. I grew up in the world with the meaning and significance of that. And speaking of which, this is just a rabbit hole, right? What, what gets our attention gets our affection. So start saving up for your kids right now to get some counseling. Mine, most of all, you want to donate to mine. This is not a parent judgment. I'm just letting you know. Huh? We're talking about time and times of celebration. And, and really, here's how our, wor- our, our world's calendar goes. January is the new year. Then we got President's Day. Then you got Tax Day. You love it. You love to see it. Memorial Day, Flag Day, Father's Day, Independence Day. Sorry, I skipped Mother's Day. September's got... I was born on Mother's Day. 9-11 slash Constitution slash Labor Day in September. You got Columbus Day, which is being changed, which I appreciate. Then you got Election Day. Then you got Veterans Day. Then you got Christmas. Most of our holidays are to encourage good citizenship, not good discipleship. And those are different things. Um, By the way, the church calendar... I'm not going to get into too much here. It begins on Advent. Our new year begins on the 28th, right? We mark time differently. But the world calendar is to encourage good citizenship, which is important, but it doesn't always encourage good discipleship, and we should not conflate the two. So let's get into some good news, some gospel. What does Jesus have to talk to us about how we mark time and how we mark times of celebration. You know how I preach. Head, heart, hand, something for us to know, something for us to feel, experience, or the, the type of character or person that Jesus wants to create in us, and something for us to do tangibly in the world to make our world different, if only just for us. So what, what does God want us to know about marking time in an unordinary way? And this is something that hit me last year, and I've been chewing on it for about a year, and it may not be as compelling to you, but it was compelling for me. For God to have a plan for your life, God has to have a plan for your day. I think all of us believe that God has a plan for our life. Maybe not everybody, but I believe that. I believe that for you, that God has a plan for your life. But for that to be true, God has to also have a plan for your day. Psalm 99 and 12 says, We live at best to be 70 years old, maybe 80 if we're strong, maybe longer if you're super strong. And then he says, teach us to number our days so that we can have a wise heart. For God to have a plan for your life, God has to have a plan for your day. He wants you to be thinking about the days and how you spend them. Have you ever numbered your days? It's sobering. Maybe not for you, but it was for me. Early on in my faith, I was being mentored by a pastor, and one of the exercises he told me to do was to write what I want people to say about me at my funeral. And I was like, great. And as I was writing, I was so stricken with the idea that that's the kind of person I want to become, which is the point of the exercise, right? 
that's, a, that's the kind of person that I want to become. I want people to be able to say these things about me at my funeral. I want you all to have some delicious potato salad and say some kind things about me. And the things that you want people to say about you are the, are the, the, the attributes that you want to be true about you, right? And so it was a helpful practice to number my days and to think about the end of them and what I want because it helped me realize that I need to be doing the things now to develop the character that Jesus wants for me so that I can have, have things that I want said to be true. Yeah? For me to fulfill the plan God has for my life, I have to number the days in such a way that I'm becoming the person Jesus is shaping me to be. Amen? You ever number your days, though? Let me tell you. If you're a woman in America, you, you get 30,000 days. Men, you get a little bit less by about six years. So, 30,000 days is too big of an idea for me to comprehend. Though, when I'm saying it right now in front of you, it doesn't feel like that many. But someone one time sent me a, an Excel sheet of weeks. You get 4,000 weeks. That's all of them right there. You can't see it, but there's little dots. That's your life if you live to be a typical age of an American. Here's where men typically make it to. Here's, here's where women... It, there's a lot of weeks in between. <laughs> Y'all going to be a lot longer. And they tell, like, that's your early years, that's school, that's uh, uh, middle school, there's high school, there's college if you go to that. That's, that's how much the man gets from you right there. And if, you're, if, if you, you know, are super blessed, you can retire. Right? By the way, it says retire at 63 and a half. I'm looking at like 78, <laughs> whatever this day is, the death day, maybe <laughs> down the line here, you have 4,000 weeks. And that's, those are people that are, that are lucky, right? And, and, then, I, and then I did this. Right? Uh, this is, th that's how much time I've lived. And, and I don't get to live as long as women probably. Right? And so it came up to that's what I got. It's not a lot. You ever number your days? Right? Makes you think, puts things into perspective. If you're my age, that's you too, y'all. <laughs> I'm 36. Most people don't number their days. In fact, there's a type of philosophy that believes everything we do, we're just trying to stop thinking about death coming. And everything is about trying to be comfortable or to avoid the conversation or to get away from the thought that all of this uh, has its end, right? We know why people don't number their days. It's because Americans, especially Americans, aren't fans of talking about death. We really got away from talking about death. I was, I was reading during the Civil War. There were so many Americans dying that this is where funeral homes came into being. And we've kind of outsourced that and, and, and stopped doing that as a, as a family. And, and we've stopped talking about it and, and we stopped celebrating it and we stopped uh, trying to have conversations about it. But as followers of Jesus with an eye on eternity, we can break the pattern and number our days. Live in an unordinary way marking time differently, intentionally, and with purpose. Because how we spend our days is how we spend our life. And as I originally said, and if we believe God has a plan for our life,
then God has to have a plan for our days. Amen? Send your questions if you got them. What does God want us to feel or experience? This really is about character, type of the character that, that God wants us to have and, and how we develop, develop character. And it's this. Celebration leads to imitation. Celebration, the things you celebrate, are the things you ultimately want to imitate. Uh, there's a lot of verses I could have used. It got pretty tricky on how to say it succinctly, but here's Psalm 135. And, and God's talking about idols and worship, but I think th- th- it fits. The Lord, the real Lord, gives justice to his people and has compassion on those who serve him. The things we worship, the things we celebrate, the things we lift up and elevate, those are the things we imitate. That's what God wants for us. But he says the nation's idols are just silver and gold. They have uh, things made by human hands. They have mouths, but they can't speak. They have eyes, but they can't see. These idols that are made with human hands, they have ears, but they can't listen. No, there's no breath in their lungs. The people who made these idols and all who trust in them will become just like them. The thing you lift up, the thing you elevate is the thing that you imitate. I have it here. What we worship, exalt, elevate, and celebrate, we imitate. It rhymes so you know it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we got, I'm going to end that point, but I'm going to jump to the end here for a second. We need to be careful. What we choose to celebrate, we need to celebrate in an unordinary way. I got... Just to make this sermon extra weird, I'm going to show you part of a documentary from PBS. So you know, it's riveting. And they're talking about the great books of American culture, and they're talking about heroes and why we are so connected to those heroes. Here's this PBS documentary. It's just a minute. From the unlikely hero to the tragic to the ordinary person who accomplishes the extraordinary, heroes are essential to our lives. The hero lifts us, it redeems what we try to do. The hero provides us an archetype that gives us a direction. Let's go this way and we'll be okay. Heroes for Americans are very deeply grafted into our own sense of national identity and we think of ourselves as as heroic. The variety of heroes, to me, uh, kind of doubles down on this American notion that like we have it within us to be this transcendent uh, heroic figure. Whether we are more introverted and quiet, whether we're physically strong or not, that there's something in the, in the character uh, of all the American characters, there's like a hero gene in all of us. Is that the most PBS thing you've ever seen? It's like strings in the background, <laughs> using big words. Uh, what we elevate is what we celebrate. Hey, that's what they meant to say. And um, they're talking about how these heroes, they guide us in the ways we want to go. And there's, and there's something in you that feels like you, you want to be the hero. And so we're connected to these heroes because we have a hero gene. There's something about something. About what we celebrate is what we want to become, right? And so it's true. It's true in literature, and it's especially even more true for us. We're drawn to these heroes because we want to be like them. What we worship, exalt, elevate, and celebrate, we will imitate. And so I'll end this point again by saying, choose your celebrations carefully. All hearts clear?
Moving on. So if God is asking us to number our days with purpose and intention, and God is telling us that times of celebration shape us, transform us, what does God want us to do with time and times of celebration? Here is what the Jews did before us. Here's what Christians have done since the beginning of the church. And it's something that we often forget. And it's simply this. Schedule your life around the story of our Lord. Schedule your life around the story of our Lord. Again, I got to get deep again. I don't have one verse to pinpoint this. I got a story and we'll go quickly. Let's get our minds in, in, in line with Moses, Pharaoh, Red Sea, right? You've seen the movie, maybe you've read the story. Um, let me give you an outline of what happens. Israel is enslaved. This is the beginning of the book. And Moses is born. And, and, and God prepares Moses and then sends Moses to Pharaoh, right? Let my people go. Then 10 plagues happen. You got frogs and darkness and boils and all kinds of stuff. You know it. Lots of flies. The plagues happen. And then Israel ultimately is given freedom. Finally, Pharaoh says, please make it stop. Please leave. And so actually what I love in the story is that Israel goes to all their Egyptian neighbors and goes, can I have all your gold and silver? And they're like, as long as you leave, yes. And so they get, it's called the plundering of Egypt and they take all the gold and silver and they take off running, right? And then there's this thing. And then there's, uh, then they get to the Red Sea, right? And they holds his hands up and they parts it and they, and, and they run through the sea and it crashes back on Egypt. And then they get free on the other side, and they're celebrating for a whole chapter. They sing songs, and Moses' sister sings a song, and everybody, everybody gets a song. It's a musical. And then they get manna and water in 16 and 17, and then they get the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. Do you know what happens in the middle of the darkest plague? Which you probably know, the darkest plague is, is the firstborn son of everyone in Egypt dies. And God says, take this, this blood and mark it on your doorpost, and the spirit of death is going to enter the city, and everyone who has blood on their doorway, the spirit will pass over. And they're like, let's call it Passover. And I'm like, you guys names things so well. So they celebrate Passover. In the middle of explaining all that, like literally this angel of death is coming. Literally they're getting ready to run for their lives. God says, hold on. I got to talk to you about your calendar. We got some scheduling to do. We need to talk about some celebrations that you're going to have when you get on the other side of that Red Sea. And you're like, there's dead frogs everywhere, man. Like, we got to go. <laughs> this, this angel of death is coming. And then he's like, let's talk about time. I got a few verses here I want to show you. Right in the middle of all this, Exodus 12, it should say 12 to 13. It says 12 to 12. So you know it's definitely in Exodus 12. The whole chapter. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month is going to be the first month. The one that starts right now. It'll be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole community about it. And Moses is like, I'm really worried about getting my head lopped off. No, this is January for y'all. Then God goes on to say, this day will be a day of remembering for you. You will observe it as a festival to the Lord and you will observe it in every generation as a regulation for all time. And Moses is like, okay, 
Is it time to leave yet? Finally, Pharaoh says, please just leave, but you don't have much time. Go. And so they leave and the Egyptians, remember they take all the gold and silver from the Egyptians and the Israelites are running and it's like 600,000 and they're, they're running for their lives. And God says, hold up as they're running for their lives. I have one. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the regulation for how you to celebrate Passover every year for the rest of eternity. Running for their lives and God's talking to them about calendars. This is how important time is to God. This is how important time and times and celebrations of times of celebration are to us. Before God gives them liberty, before God gives them even the law in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, he gives them a list of celebrations. He gives them a calendar. I, I jumped ahead of my slides. A, a calendar. <laughs> because it's a way for these ex-slaves who lived in a country and a culture that was not their own and that was not godly to schedule their days and months and weeks and years around the story of what God was doing in their life so they can live out the rest of their days as a people belonging to God and one another. And the church has always taken this and done the same thing. And if you're interested, I don't have time to go into today, I can send you everything on this. The church has things about how we spend our days, our hours, our weeks, they've, they've figured out some celebrations and we've largely forgotten them. And I'm hoping to encourage you to reclaim some of them. Halloween. Can we get into Halloween for a minute? Pastor James, is this whole sermon a justification about Halloween? Not the whole sermon. <laughs> More like Halloween was a way to talk about unordinary time. But it's a good example, okay? Okay. <laughs> Last video, another 40 seconds. I just want to let you know that what I'm saying has some merit. I only have about five more slides. If you have any questions, please send them. But here is this video. October 31st probably conjures up in your mind images of jack-o'-lanterns and spooky costumes and trick-or-treating. What many don't know is that Halloween is the first day of Hallowtide, a triduum of Catholic feasts that also includes All Saints Day on November 1st and All Souls Day on November 2nd. In fact, Halloween is just a contraction of Hallow's Eve, which is the evening before All Hallow's Day, also known as All Saints Day. These three days can also be referred to as the Days of the Dead or All Hallowtide. Hallowtide is a time of both joyous celebration and solemn reflection and prayer. So let's go back in time and explain where these feasts came from and how we can celebrate them. That's it. That's all you get. So what I want you to know about Halloween and about times of celebration, because it's a good example of what we're doing here. Again, I've told you three weeks in a row now that this is our holiday. We invented it. Take it or leave it. This is ours. I know folks that say, well, it has become something that we didn't want it to be, and so we're not going to participate, and I respect that, honor that. You're my brother and sister. For me, though, I like, to, I like to fight, and I like to reclaim, right? Just like people who are like, hey, let's celebrate Easter, and we have bunny and eggs. I, I do bunnies and eggs, too, but I also celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, right? And just like Christmas, right? They're like, well, it has Santa and reindeer, and I'm, that's not part of the Bible. And I'm like, I'll do Santa and reindeer too, but I'm also talking about the birth of Jesus. I'm able to celebrate with my neighbors, but this is our holiday. And here's essentially how it started. Christians have always had celebrations for the dead. Locally at first, here's what would happen. 
Sheriff Honey would come to Matt Manera and say, not Sheriff Honey, the beloved sheriff, but he would come to Matt Manera and say, you need to renounce your faith in Jesus Christ. And Matt would say, what's going to happen if I do? And he's like, you'll live. And Matt's like, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to proclaim Jesus to my dying breath. And so Sheriff Honey would drag Matt to Harrison Stadium, and he would throw him in the middle, and they'd release some super sick lions, and it would look very cool, but it would also be very morbid and sad. Because, no, you would (laughs) die so fast. You would die as fast as possible. Andy would be there with you, and he'd just trip you. And because for Christians, death was a big deal. It was viewed as a new birth. Just like babies have, in their minds, it was more like eight months because they didn't know about the first month of pregnancy. They thought babies had seven or eight months uh, in womb. We know it's nine months. But just like babies had nine months, they said humans have nine decades, right? And at the end of their nine decades of growing and forming, they are born into the supernatural world And so death became this incredible thing. In fact, we didn't celebrate birthdays as much as we celebrated death days. And so that day that Matt got tripped and immediately eaten by a lion, (laughs) we would say we need to remember his faithfulness to Jesus. And we would gather every year on the day that he died and have a feast. And they called them feast days. These were martyrs at first, people who died for their faith. Um, They were honored above all. Because they got to literally do what Jesus asks us all to do, which is die to ourself. Usually we interpret that to mean spiritually, metaphorically, but the martyrs get to do it literally. And so they were honored above all, but soon there became too many names and not enough days. And so we consolidate it all to one day. And that's what tomorrow is. Tomorrow's the day that Christians around the world gather together and they celebrate our heroes, the people who are examples to us of the most faithful type of living for Jesus. The video used the word triduum, which is just because theologians like to sound fancy. Triduum means three-day celebration. It's a three-day remembrance, celebration, and prayer for the dead. The first one is All Saints Day. Again, that's the best examples of followers of Jesus. And then it was All Souls Day, and that's just everybody. We just remembered everybody in our families. It's a time for us to talk about our dead, which I love because in our culture, we never get to talk about it. We can go through serious tragedy, and everybody for about a month says sorry, and it's good. But then we remember them the rest of our lives, and everybody feels too scared to bring it up because they don't want to make you sad, but you're already always sad anyways about it, right? And so this celebration is an on-purpose way of talking about them, of remembering them. You get to, you get to say their name. You get to remember them. In fact, if you don't, it is dishonoring to the holiday. So that's what this Halloween celebration is all about. Just to show you the etymology or how the name comes about, it was All Hallows Evening. Hollow means holy. Saint also means holy. It got shortened, the evening part, to even. All Hallows Eden. Then they took out the S and the V, and it became Halloween. It isn't, 
I mean, it is spooky, but it isn't intentionally supposed to be spooky. It isn't a thing that the world came up with. It was something that we came up with. And I'm going to end my evidence here with the greatest of all pieces of evidence, Wikipedia. <laughs> Halloween or Halloween, a contraction of All Hallows Eve Day also known as All Halloween or All Hallows Eve or All Saints Eve. It's a celebration observed in many countries, Western Christianity. Not, not lying to you. I know that we don't know that. I know that wasn't something we grew up with because a lot of our churches had some anti-Catholic rhetoric, uh, but this, is, this, is, this predates modern Catholicism. And I would encourage you to use this time to choose your celebrations wisely and to find a way to incorporate some of this into your life. Questions, comments, ideas, criticisms, pushback. You can hate everything I just said. It is not necessary for you to be a Christian to believe what I said. I got a question here. If you got some, send them. Um, so the question says, when you say be careful what you celebrate, do you mean like know and believe and or be sincere in what you're celebrating? Like many people, I've asked about the Easter Bunny's history, and so far no one I have asked had answers. So I have always thought many people are celebrating something they know nothing of. I think that's true, and, and maybe that was what I was trying to talk about with the idea of numbering your days was that a lot of people do things without intention and without purpose, and that's true. And, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I think that's most humans. Because as humans, our brains are designed to do the least amount of work and effort possible. And I, and I, I know, which is true. It just is. It's, it's to avoid as much pain as possible and to do the least amount of work, conserving energy and and so most people don't, are not thoughtful about especially things like celebrations. And I think that's just going to be a reality. And so when I'm talking about numbering our days, I think maybe our encouragement is maybe we can be a little more thoughtful. The history of the Easter Bunny is varied. Some people say it comes from some Greek god myth. Some people say it comes from Germany. There were just lots of spring bunnies running around in the garden. And so parents would just say, oh, I didn't put the eggs out. The, the bunnies did. And it kind of morphed into something. No one knows where that uh, officially came from. Um, there is a story about Mary Magdalene, who was the first person to see Jesus resurrected from the dead. They call her the, apostles to the apostle to the apostles because she was the first person to preach the Easter message in the history of the world. And as she was going out on missionary journeys to tell people about Jesus, there's a story about her making an egg turn red. But again, it's just tradition. And so some people say that they dyed eggs because of that reason. And then there were bunnies running around and it happened. I don't know if I answered your question, but I'm encouraging you to be thoughtful about your celebrations. Um, but some people might not. Did you update the Wikipedia article right before that took a screenshot? A hundred percent. If I could, I would. You know, I don't know how. The art of being unordinary, breaking the patterns of the world, has to include spending our time, hours, days, weeks, months, and years differently, intentionally, on purpose. And I would encourage you to do so around the story uh, we most hope to see imitated in our life, and that is Jesus Christ. God wants you with your head to know for God to have a purpose for your life, he, want, he has a purpose for your day. We should number our days well. Uh, with our heart, 
God wants us to experience that the things that we celebrate and elevate are the things that we will ultimately are trying to imitate. So be careful what you celebrate. And with your hands, uh, what the church has always done and what Jews have done before us, before that, was that they scheduled their life, their year, around the story of Jesus. And we kind of do that already. You got Christmas, you got Easter, and I can help you fill in the blanks if you want some more. And I encourage you to go all out on Halloween remembering your dad, which is your spiritual practice for this week before we pray. Take some time to remember your dad. Make their favorite food. Get out their pictures. I know your kids won't care. I know they don't. But they will when they're older, I promise. And it's going to be healing and helpful for you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this encouragement. To think about time differently because it's something that we don't think about often. We sometimes just go with the flow of time. But would you help us to be intentional? To break the patterns of the world that can sometimes lead us away from discipleship in you. And would you help us, Lord Jesus, to schedule our lives around your story because we are being conformed to your image. That is our destiny. That is our goal. And would you help us to use our time and our celebrations as a tool to do that? Table Church, would you help me end this prayer by praying the Lord's Prayer, saying, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.